Annyeong, and welcome to Harajuku's 2014 year-end special. This is part 4, our final look back at 2014. Enjoy! Buenos Nachos Amigos, and welcome to the last part of our year-end special recap extravaganza. Uh, you've made it through with us, and we commend you <laughs> for making it through this week with <laughs> and us. And if you haven't, and if you just watched the two shortest episodes, we commend you on that as well. Like, no one blames you. <laughs> we, ain't, we, ain't, we, ain't, we, ain't, we ain't mad. We ain't even mad. Um... We're going to do this last one. This is going to be a little bit more freeform. We're just going to look at the year overall as a whole. Uh, looking back in 2014, uh, now that it is officially the new year, the first day of the new year. Um, looking back at 2014, it, it was a, definitely an interesting year in the world of East Asian pop culture. Uh, Kaz, what, what would you say uh, would be one thing that would define, I guess, 2014 in East Asian pop culture? change that's (laughs) as cliche as that sounds a lot of things changed this year um we saw a lot of moves happen with a lot of our favorite groups um we saw a lot of collaborations between people sometimes of course mainly people on the same label but just styles and genres that you really wouldn't see mixed and matched before uh soyu and her her collaborations have just continued to dominate the world (laughs) um like i was even reminded of ones that she did last year yeah with like mad clown and other people and i was like oh yeah she did do other <laughs> other collabos with people. This isn't a new thing for her, but it, it's just one of those things where she did that and was like, "Yo, watch me take over." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like this year, just like I think it's kind of put it in, into like even a clearer picture of these past couple of years. Uh, like I've said in these uh, past couple episodes, um, like this being a very kind of pivoting point in and specifically k-pop uh you know we're, we're talking mostly k-pop here uh a big pivoting point in in a lot of different ways uh newer groups coming in and uh positioning themselves into that top tier while older groups kind of start to you know start to wax a little bit kind of have their wave go not not you know not go out but you can see like the the, wa- the 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 crest of the wave is starting to descend a little uh and you know that that transition point and it it really is kind of a big pivot uh era for the world of k-pop uh a lot of things different a lot of change a lot of cool like new groups you know mm-hmm. uh, ho- hopefully positive change uh, as far as how the industry works too uh you know uh, what i think Kind of, I don't, I don't know how it would happen, but I would love to see the rise of the independent label in yes. Korea. Well, yeah, we had, uh, we had, I think there is some like headway for indie groups starting to make a little bit of headway. Uh, you know, well, the indie groups, but I want to start seeing the indie labels kind of, um, Suge Knight, kind of the bigger <laughs> labels, and just um, kind of be like, oh, you, you tired of your producer coming in your room at 2 a.m., <laughs> waking you up, 
So you could be at a music show at 5 a.m. and you still haven't eaten breakfast yet? Come over to the indie labels. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, we had we, we not had, people. Yeah, we we had uh, big people from bigger labels go to different labels, like Nicole leaving her post and Kara to follow the exact same path that Ihori followed, which was she went from DSP, a slightly bigger label, to B Two M Entertainment, uh, not as yeah. huge label, uh, though it's a, it's a label that houses our girls Spica and. Uh, and Eric Nam, it is just a different style of label and, and kind of, that would be, that would be cool. And then there have been like, I think, yeah, the, the, I think for year, for me this year was also me, uh, further kind of expanding my horizons into like indie music. I think it's something that I was doing it late last year, but even more though. So this year, of course, seeing kind of, uh, groups like, uh, a group like Love Exterior, though they didn't have an official release this year musically uh they did do a lot of cool things like tour this tour tour america for goodness sakes they went to south by southwest and toured yeah. america uh and then like seeing things like balchun so as an indie label get invested in by uh by sm entertainment and uh you know kind of release artists like uh not just pre- play the siren but like uh you know uh artists like uh, Drunken Johnnies and some of the other artists that are on that label, which is cool. Like getting them like a, a little bit of an exposure and a showcase, uh, which is cool. Like, you know, a, a mm-hmm. pivot point, a nice pivot point. Uh, and another yeah. thing that's, that's really cool and pivoting, I think, was the, the, for the past couple of years has been the emergence of cable TV, uh, which is interesting. It's something that I've observed. Uh, and seeing people talk about it in articles here and there, uh, it, 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 I think one of the big, uh, big successes that I think started it all. And it's something, it's funny cause like, it was like, well, cable TV being, you know, a contender against network television, that's kind of old news to some, to us. Like we know that, but it, we kind of see that being repeated once again in, in Korea, you know, it, it started, I think it, Probably started with other shows like SNL Korea, but I think it really kind of got off to the races with the Reply series last year. And then you have shows like Me Sang this year, which has been like tearing it up ratings wise, getting, you know, surpassing 10%, you know, in, in kind of ratings wise, which is unheard of in cable shows and like, uh, but at the same time, the, the main thing is that they're being, a great source. They're doing, their cable is doing over there what cable has already been doing over here, which is being a source of, uh, focusing on making really good shows and taking risks and doing different kinds of shows and not, not say, uh, not say building a mediocre script around, uh, a multi, uh, um, <laughs> a big time international star and, uh, an idol. Uh, you know, like say they did with Rain and Crystal, <laughs> uh, but actually focusing instead of like big names, good stories and lesser known actors. Mm-hmm. It, it's it seems like a like like uh an obvious thing, but but it's it is something that's been new in in Korea. Have you noticed that that as well? Well, I I, I didn't notice the um. 
the cable TV stuff until you brought it up to me. Um, but it is something that, 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 you know, is, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of the, the way you, it's one of those things you don't think about because where we live, it's already been a thing for so long, yeah. you know? So yeah. you, when you hear about it, you're like, what? That, that's new? <laughs> like, but that, that's always been a thing. And then you're like, yeah. well, no, of course it hasn't always been a thing. It's, it's a new thing. Yeah. And, and it's really cool. Like I'm, I'm starting to check out a couple of these shows that are on cable. It's hard uh-huh. because, you know, when it comes to like drama fever, they've got, they've got the NBC shows. They've got the SBS shows. They've got the KBS shows. They don't got much yeah. outside. Of <laughs> so, so right. it's a little harder to get the, like some of the shows you see on cable. Like, uh, uh, but they, they, you know, they, they've shown well with things on. And I mean, we've also. Oh God, almost died. And we've also had that talk of these things in the idea that when, when you change that market and, and hopefully with the cable stuff, maybe it gives better way to the online stuff. Cause a lot of the cable stuff here gives better way to the online stuff. than sometimes the network stuff does, except if you're talking about Hulu or those kind of things, which if you're wondering how drama fever gets a lot of those deals, it's because they're kind of somewhat linked to Hulu. Um, you know, and you know, so that helps a lot, but hopefully in in this transition of of you know the cable TV, TV having a lot of better stuff um, means that we get a lot more stuff here in America through online or through some kind of distribution, which we can actually legally do it and show that we like these things. Yeah, like something like uh, a a site like Drama Fever, even like uh, now Soompi TV, what we used to be uh, K Drama, now Soompi TV could do their professionally subbed versions where, where uh, rather than us having to kind of because the only way i can watch vicky i can watch me sing right now is on vicky which is uh for it is purely community subbed where they you know they get the raw video and then it slowly but surely gets community subbed by the teams that sign up to and volunteer to sub the shows um which is cool which is good but sometimes that takes a little time sometimes that i don't know it, it's only one source I would love to have, you know, different sources. I would love to have, have different options in how I get things and how I get things in the way that I, that I can consume them and enjoy them. Uh, so a per, greater success for these cables, TV shows could be more exposure and more demand for some of the shows you see on TV. Like maybe we could get SNL Korea. And I could like yeah. watch it and get disappointed by by it and get, ignore it forever, you know. Hey, <laughs> um, right? Maybe you can look finally look at it and be like, "Go, oh, Jay Park isn't as funny when you don't have the clip cut down into a few short seconds of him being funny." Oh, this huh. this sketch is mostly uh, it really is mostly sketches about Shing Dong Yup being flustered by hot chicks hanging around him. Okay. <laughs> Good job for singing up. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's beside the point. But yeah, I, I would love to see more, uh, cable TV stuff. Like just, like, I would have loved to see, like, they did Jessica and Crystal, but they didn't do Tetiso on Hulu Plus. I'm like, I would have liked to see Tetiso. Like, 
but yeah, but yeah, it, it definitely this year was a, a big year for kind of a boom year for uh, cable TV, uh, which which is really cool and really good. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about I think some of our favorite things. Um, Kaz, what would be a, a couple of your favorite things to come out this year, just in general? So for me. Uh, the way the way I picked was just the albums that I got that I was anticipating. Um, like I was just super happy to finally see like the two any one album that that I had been waiting for like that whole year. Um, the album I was surprised to get and was super good. The Epic High Shoebox. Um, just such a good fucking album. And, and even, and I know this is all YG stuff for me, but it's my year. Fuck you. Um, and even Tae Young's album, which I'm, I'm now contemplating buying. Well, not contemplating. I'm going to buy it, but I wasn't expecting Tae Young's album to be such a standout to me. I thought it was going to be very meh. Um, like I haven't, I've, I've, I like Tae Young. I haven't always really enjoyed his stuff previous and i we kind of made those jokes about oh it's gonna be a new sound for Young. yeah right <laughs> like but it it kind of was a newer sound for him and it really worked and i really liked it and i appreciate it and i want to spend money on it yes yes um i think for me uh, uh my favorite things i think are two there are two big things that I consider my favorite things of this year. One of them was a drama that really won me over and I fell in love with, mm-hmm. which was It's Okay, That's Love. Was such a beautifully done, well-acted, well-written show. Um, it was, it's a testament to the fact that there were, you know, what I loved is hearing articles where the, the, the director, I think the writer of the show said that he had already, you know, like a few episodes had already figured out all the episodes and the whole story. And I was like, and like watching and realizing, wow, when you actually sit down and completely think out a complete show and tell a complete story mm-hmm. and have an idea of what you're going to do beforehand, it really can make for a great cohesive show. Uh, looking back there, there were a little, there, there could have been some aspects that could have been better, like the main female lead could have been fleshed out a little bit more. We could have spent more time with it, but I think oh, the, those are minor things. I think everything else about the show was so fantastic. The, the characters, the actors, Ikwang Su twerking, uh, the Sung Dong Can we also, can we also say the fact that somebody said, "Yeah, I sit down, I sat down and thought about the whole project and thought it out all the way through before we did anything." Isn't that one of those things that kind of make you go, "Isn't that what you're supposed to do?" <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize it's the Korean television industry, especially network television. And it's like, oh, they're yeah. just flying by the seat of their pants, <laughs> right? <laughs> for for such short format shows, you would think, even for like, especially for such like, this is only gonna last for a little while. You would you would think you would have an idea. It's like, but anyways, I think the, it was such a beautiful show. It was such a uh, a fun show, and it was such a uh, a emotional show, and such a kind of it it t- tugged at the heartstrings, like, and the way it uh it 
humanized mental illness so well. Um, um, I'll give a spoiler. A lot um, better than we happened with our show Good Doctor, which we we kind of enjoyed at first, but then we realized like, oh, they didn't really go as far as we thought they would. We didn't. Yeah. They didn't really, you know. Yeah, make those initial pushes like we thought they were in those first few episodes. Whereas it's okay, that's love. Really took those moments and we're like, you know what? Like we're really going to look at these things because yeah. that is kind of the flavor of the show. Yeah, um, yeah, it was so good. And, and, were, and I would say I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Okay, so spoiler alert. I'm gonna get my two favorite moments and I'm gonna to really define the show. So. Just know, uh, if you are like that uppity about spoilers. Um, spoiler alert. One of, like, my two favorite shows that I think define it are so well. One was, uh, Lee Kwang Su's character, uh, talking to the male lead, and he had the puzzle. Uh, where he showed him the puzzle, like the completed puzzle, and he said, alright, most, this is, and he, cause his character has Tourette's. Uh, and they actually do a really good job of kind of, portraying it in not a overly melodramatic way and not an overly uh laughing at him way. They did a good balance there. Yeah. Um where he tells the scene where he he or he says, Alright, this is how most people think my brain is and he jumbles up the puzzle pieces and you know that most people think this is how my brain is. And then he puts the puzzle puzzle piece back together, completed, and says, this is what my brain actually is. It's just that every once in a while, it's like this, and he takes took out a couple of pieces in a corner. Sometimes it's like this, and then I need some help, and I need time to put it back in place. And I thought that was such mm-hmm. a beautiful, like, honest, sincere, understand understanding moment. And then I think close to the end. And here's the spoiler. The main character, we find out that he, because of a traumatic event in his childhood, uh, and re, re, bringing it back in kind of sometime in his adulthood, a big event that happens early in the show, we find out he, he's, he's, uh, he's going through a psychotic break from, uh, a, uh, schizophrenic break from reality. He is schizophrenic. Uh, and it, it's done so well. Like he's still the he, he's still treated as the male romantic lead in the show, even though he's schizophrenic, because it's just something that he has. And then the moment where uh, Dio's character, who we find out is a kind of a figment of his imagination that is a representation of himself when he was younger, that he kind of has there. And one of the big reasons that he was able to kind of click back into reality of realizing that he was is the fact that he noticed that he always remembered him being shoeless and with like extremely wounded feet kind of reminds him mm-hmm. when he had to run away from home because of his childhood. Uh, and the, the scene when he finally, the way he accepts that he has to let Dio go and the way he does it is by offering to wash his feet. And clean his feet and clean his wounds. And you see the mo- emotional moment of him washing his feet and then putting his shoes on and putting them, uh, in front of him because he gets these like pair of tennis shoes. And, and then it cuts to, uh, they, them saying their goodbyes, him and, and the kind of fiction, you know, the, the person in his, his imagination. 
they said their goodbyes and you see them looking at these empty shoes at an empty bed this moment for this character and this uh was such a great heartwarming emotional moment of like in a moment of growth and personal uh emotional growth it was just so good like that the drama was defined by that moment and i just loved it mm-hmm. i just loved it um like I, I hadn't watched all the way to the end to see that part, but now that you said that, that makes so much sense because every scene that those two were in, they were by themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was just those two, yeah. and he was either he was either like in the process of running away from home, or like kind of settling on the fact that he had to go back home. Yeah. You know, so I was like. I was like, oh, and I was like, it's always, it was, and and then now that you think about it, it was always that weird moments, like when he was kind of stressed out, you know, yeah. that he would see him. Yeah, yeah, so, and it was, and they, they built it like, so I knew, well. I knew, he, I knew he was crazy, because that first moment you see his apartment, and everything is like so fucking color coordinated, yeah. in three colors specifically, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, honey, you're crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, then you start to get to know him and you start to, to realize what he is. And, and I think they, they were able to kind of really get you involved in his emotional growth, which was so great about the show. Uh, my other favorite thing was, uh, it, something that turned a disappointment into a, into a big success, which was roommate season <laughs> two. <laughs> roommate yeah. season one was, eh, you mainly watched it for Nana. Basically, uh, <laughs> Chanyo was, was cool, but you know, you know, you basically just watches the stare at Nana. Uh, and, and everybody, and the, the ratings were kind of suffering and you know, they kind of had to rework the show and a lot of people were having busy schedules. Park Bomb had to leave the show. A couple of the actors were slowly but surely kind of leaving the show due to their own schedules. Um, and not just Nana, Sun Gaion was also a fantastic uh, part of that show, but it was okay. But then room, you know, then they decided, well, let's do season two. And then, you know, the decision of variety, <laughs> the variety decision happened and they signed, uh, Sonny, the LeBron James of Korean variety shows. Um, <laughs> uh, and then they I don't started, know. well, I got, yeah, uh, she, well, she put, provides quality and then, she, they, they started bringing out announcements for more of the people that were coming on and got me hopeful, excited, uh, specifically Sunny. And then it came out and all the additions were uh, positive additions. Uh, even Otani Ryohe, even though he's not the biggest personality, he's still, he's still a fun part of the show. Um, the, the guys that stayed on, they, they're still doing their thing and they're not, they're not bad. They're working well with, uh, those that are, are new there. Jackson is, is is fantastic. Young G is fantastic. June from GOD mm-hmm. is ridiculous and hilarious. Um it's like it's it I think it's also so one well. of those um I thought there was a top on this. It's also one of those things where it really reminded me of those kind of formative years of real world. Yes. When <laughs> real world was good. So, like, that very first season where people didn't have to stay in the house. Like, people would kind of come and go as they please. Like, that that those that first cast of Real World. 
And it was good, and there was a lot of stuff that happened, and it kind of seemed more dramatic than it was, where, you know, same thing with Roommate Season 1. It was a lot... It seemed... There was a lot more tried to have fun, but it just seemed so disjointed, you know? Um, yeah. And and kind of odd or whatever. And they kind of tried to force the fun a little bit. And yeah. like you said, with this one, it seems a lot more natural. It seems a lot more more hands-on, hand-off-ish in a sense, yeah. you know? Where it doesn't seem like they're trying to, like, alright, and now everybody has to go do this, you know? Like, when they when they tried to bring back Real World after it kind of fell off and, and wasn't a thing anymore. And, you know, you go... And you have, like, oh, everybody has to work at the same place together, kind of, you know, like, that's what that first season of Roommate... It reminded me of those two parts of real world at different times you know um whereas the way you're describing season two it seems like that middle part where real world was fun to watch like it was fun to watch all these different people interact with each other and just kind of be silly and stuff like that um and that's that's kind of more what you want yeah more of what i want and i'm I'm, I'm, it's just fantastic to to see it. it it sunny hasn't hasn't put herself out there as much though she has some great reactions i think like i said before when i was talking about uh roommates i think i saw it in the past couple episodes she's she seems like she's been more guiding and coaching people and helping people out behind so she has a great moment it's like <laughs> her 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 walking into the house when uh the when otani and jose ho are getting mud packs and they turn around to greet her and like the look of horror on her face <laughs> It's just hilarious. I was like, oh. and it's, that's her being a, a variety show veteran. Uh, anybody else would probably just kind of laugh. Uh, but her, her reaction was more like, all right, this is the right reaction for this moment. And she does it so well. Uh, let me see. There, there it is. Uh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's just so fantastic. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah. It, roommate season two, one of my favorite things. I'm, I'm, it, it was a, it was a, it was a revelation to say the least. Um, alright, so let's look. What would be, I think, uh, our surprises, the things that surprised us this, uh, year, other than say roommate season two, uh, Again, we kind of reiterate our biggest surprises, which was our changes and kind of the dramatic changes specifically in groups like BAP's lawsuit, Chris and Luhan suing them, <laughs> trying to sue themselves out. Um, it was an odd year. It was, it was definitely, <laughs> it was an odd year and it was a definitely a like, uh, a bad year for the slave contract. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think with the, the EXO thing that it's just gonna, like, consistently be one person after another? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think, I think Chris and Leon, and then it's just gonna keep trickling until everyone in B, until everyone in EXO is suing? Um, I think, I, uh, uh, yeah, it could be. I'll get to, I think I have a prediction for EXO when we actually get to our predictions, okay. but, uh, uh, which is not a big prediction, but I'll, but I'll throw some of the out there, but we're gonna get to our predictions. But yeah, those are our biggest surprises. Just kind of like the dramatic 
challenging of the slave contract this year. Because before it was always just the one person that did it. And then, you know, years, a couple years happened, and then one other person does something. And then, you know, they kind of forget about that because it was hanging. And then it was JYJ. But it wasn't like, it, it didn't snowball. It didn't like have like a one-two punch. It didn't combo. But this year it's been like boom, 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 boom. Like uh, multiple people just in this year challenging the idea of like the way their contracts work and the way the business works and you know challenging the very core parts that people just assume are standard practices in in uh in the uh, k-pop industry and they say well actually no <laughs> it's like it's like the, the uh the uh rise of the planet or what's what's it called the rise of the planet of the apes or the dawn of the planet what was it where the first the first uh uh ape said no <laughs> uh I, I i wish i could have constructed that reference better i'm sorry um but but yeah it, it was kind of this uh call to action uh that i think surprised us for sure Yeah, like I, I, I definitely like. There, there's, I mean, I, I agree with that through and through. That it's one of those things where, um, this this change is only starting, and I think we're going to just continue to see more of it this year. Yeah, because this is definitely different this time. It's not the first time that people have sued to get out of the contract, but it's it's the first time people have kind of been like. One, uh, there's been a combo of multiple people kind of, uh, standing up, uh, and, and, and not having to be the outliers, which is nice. Um, so I think those are our big surprises. We kind of covered the rest of our surprises throughout the other episodes, so go check those out. Um, let's look back. So we, we looked back at kind of our predictions. We did have a little bit of a, an episode where we kind of, uh, tried to, Look at what 2014 was going to be early, early, uh, early on in our days. Uh, and looking back, uh, you predicted that it was going to be hashtag year of the rapper. Well, I threw the hashtag in there, but, <laughs> uh, cause I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but year of the rapper. Uh, looking back, do, do you feel like, like your, your, your prophecy was fulfilled? I I don't think it was fulfilled the way that I saw it, but it damn sure was like a lovely year of a lot of good rap music. Um, the kind of the rise of of brand new music being a lot better. Uh, we got to see a lot of great albums from rappers that we like, Epic High. Uh, who else put out some pretty good stuff? Um, Gecko. Uh, Drunken Tiger put out Becko. a pretty good album, that, but I think that, that, uh, yeah. kind of flew under our radar, uh, just cause it didn't have, the, they, they, the MFBTY stuff was really cool and the, the, their, uh, Drunken Tiger's like actual album. Or actually, no, that was late last year. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, Sony had a lot of good songs this year. Um, you know, and it, it was just kind of this year where we kind of, you know, Epic High, of course, Gecko, Gary, um, and I, and there's more, just like, Zion-T. we don't have it all down here, Zion-T but. Zion T had a pretty, pretty Zion T. 
um, track this year. You know, uh, and we talked about Jay Park and AOMG. Loco just put out an AOMG artist just put out an album this year. Uh, Gray from AOMG put out a lot of good kind of hip hop R and B rap stuff. Uh, Jay Park himself, uh, like we talked about, you know. People could be hit or miss on Jay Park all they want. Um, I mean, like, we got a, a really awesome solo track from fucking Top that made people keep yelling about, is there an album? Is there an album? Where's he, like, where's it? Where's that goddamn Top album? Which, seriously, where the fuck is that Top album? Like, seriously. I need that. Like, <laughs> I need well, that in my so. life. <laughs> um, and, so. Yeah. You know, it's also the same year we got Tough Cookie. So yeah, and uh, <laughs> uh, we we also had uh, uh, Bobby from Icon define hip hop for us. Yeah, which was, which was fantastic. Uh, I think. Uh, can I think we live? Was... Off, can we just live off of his performances and not his interviews? <laughs> <laughs> it's like hush, hush, child. Don't say a word. Yeah. Uh, like we want, you want to be like his uh, lawyer and say shh. Don't say anything. <laughs> don't yeah. say don't say anything without your publicist present. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, um, anything you say yeah, can't be used against you. I feel really good about saying that we were going to have a formative rap year, and I think I think we really did. I think we did. Yeah, and I think oh, another surprise, and I mentioned it last uh, last episode with our collabs. Yeah, like I'll I'll say it once again. Uh, we it, hashtag you're the rapper. It was uh, present. Uh, for sure. But hashtag year of the collab was the one, was the, was the one that kind of surprised us how much of, uh, important thing it was to do in like mainstream music, mainstream, uh, K-pop this year, uh, was to do the kind of the collab in some fashion or, or another. Uh, hashtag year of the collab, which is, which is surprising, you know, all, all because of that, that sum. Damn. Uh, that song is a, is a, you know, and, and for good reason, cause that song is, that song is catchy as hell. <laughs> catchy and fun as hell. Um, but yeah, we looked back, I think hashtag you the rapper, success, let's call it a success. Uh, looking forward, what would be a prediction for you for 2015? <sighs> In general. That is really tough because I don't know, like, the, the, the only thing I could really think, um, that would be formative for, for next year is, uh, I may want to say Return of the Boy groups like i uh, know no, no, no. hold on i'm trying to think like i know we're gonna have a lot of great boy groups next year yeah um because winter is gonna start doing more of got seven all these guys that we talked about most likely icon's gonna pre- premiere next year really big we're hopefully gonna see some more um stuff from exo yeah uh what's left of them <laughs> um Alright, so, uh, Stone Cold like, Pipe really Lock. Don't know. Stone Cold Lock. Pick one artist that you know is gonna have a killer year in 2015. One artist that's gonna have a killer year. I gotta say. Uh, 
Like, I'm looking back through a list. I think in kind of 2015, right? I, oh, I think, I'm going to give, I'm going to give, uh, in mainstream, and I'm gonna give a another one. Uh, okay, I don't okay. know one one pot I like lock for me. I think I'm gonna lock in Mama Moo as my yeah. as my group to to kind of they had a good year this year. Uh, I'm gonna say they're gonna blow up next year. Yeah, I I want to say. As as kind of a person that that spans the world, especially for the female artist, right? Because I felt like this year she kind of she kind of came in and like killed shit. And I think all the work she did this year is really gonna pay off next year. Hyuna, um, I feel like Hyuna is like at this point she's put in all the work. People just need to praise her. Like, <laughs> like, like, Thank she don't even, she just Anna. needs to kick her, yeah, she just needs to kick her feet up next year and be like, yes, praise me, on yes. your knees, because fucking four minute, fucking put out good shit, you know, 2014, fucking, um, Kiana herself with fucking Red, and then the shit she, do- she did with Troublemaker, like, yeah. It's just over the last two, three years. Yeah. Like, you know, of, of, of current shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. four minute kind of redefined themselves this year. She put out red, you know, and all this shit was troublemaker between last year and this year. Like, yeah. like, come on. Like, <laughs> like, you know, fucking kills that shit. Yeah. So tangentially, speaking of Hyuna, uh, and speaking of Hyuna and Ellie. And Ellie, who gets it on, on blacklist and writes with her. Um, EXID. They, they kind of had a, a upswing in popularity this year. EXID, I think, is going to have a, have a solid 2015. They're poised. Yeah. Uh, Ellie is, I think, not just EXID, but also Ellie is going to keep growing her portfolio outside of just the girl group. Cause she, you know, she composes and writes for, for other artists, including Hannah, who's, uh, she's besties with. Um, I think they're going to be solid. Uh, yeah. and another group that I, I hope is going to have a good year next year. Love Exterio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm hoping for that for yeah. because they're, they're working on stuff. I saw them like tease a little bit of like them working in the studio. And if they come out with an album this upcoming year, I'm all over it. Taking over it. They're going to, they're going to, I think. Another the US tour and I think they're gonna do something really cool about building up their a little bit of their popularity from being an indie mm-hmm. person. Uh but uh so for for my I guess for my male side, right? Um I have I have two. I think next year is gonna be a really transformative year for block B. Yes. Um I think you're going to start to see them stand out a little bit more. Uh, Ziko is going to stretch out a little bit more for a little bit more solo stuff, but I think it's going to stay cohesive, very much like Big Bang. Yeah. But you're going to start to see a lot of these guys show their personality a bit more in Block B. Um, 
whether that does happen, I would love to see that. And then my other thing, just as a brand and, and as somebody building a business, I, you know, I want Jay Park to have another transformative year with AOMG yeah. and all the stuff that they're doing there. Yeah. Like, you know, like maybe they could sign BAP when that lawsuit settles, <laughs> yeah. you know, and yeah. Jay Park could be like, be like, yo, this, come is, hang how out with a, this is how you run a, a, a boy band. <laughs> right. Like, uh, cause I think that's the thing Jay Park needs. He has a really good stable of like kind of rappers and R&B singers and those solo artists. He needs to show that he could support a group yeah. as a label and as a, as a CEO and as a personality. You know what I'm saying? Like, because that's the thing that put JYP on the map. That's the thing that put YG on the map. You know what I'm saying? Is showing that they could do that, you know? I think if Jay Park could take this year and maybe step back a little bit from, from wanting to be the performer Jay Park and start being the businessman Jay Park and showing the strength that he has within AOMG and go, yo, you know what? We could do a boy group. We could do a girl group. You know, yeah. we could do that stuff. AOMG isn't just this mirror of the American rap label kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. the mirror of your, your fucking, um, I can't think of like a Aftermath? American rap label, like Aftermath or, you know, your fucking G Slim Unit. Shady or, or G unit or things like that. You know what I'm saying? It's not just Jay Park signing all his friends to his label, even though it is right now, but um, <laughs> you know, this is that year you have to show that you're really a business and that you're really a label and that you can do those things that other labels can do. You know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah, you showed you can support yourself and put yourself out there and you can kind of put these other guys who are really strong and, and would survive anywhere, you know, out there, but you have to show that you can do the things that the labels in Korea can do. And that's okay. put out a boy group, put out a girl group, you know, and do those kind of things. Yeah. Um, I think one other prediction, like I said, I, I, I'm going to talk about what I said about EXO. I think EXO, I think we've seen the last mm -hmm. of XOK and XOM. I think the, the, these two leaving, I think you're only ever going to see the whole 10 member EXO, at least 10 for now. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think they're not going to, uh, you know, it's tough to do the four member XOM now at, uh, uh, as it stands, but God forbid another person kind of, you know, God forbid the next person and chances are that's it's, if it happens, it's going to be from that side, just from what we've heard about why those people, uh, why those people have left, uh, and, and, uh, what, and the fact that, cause, uh, the, I think the big part of the big factor for Chris and Luhan leaving was the fact that they have possible careers in China. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they know that they're, that since they're not going to be having to have careers after, you know, doing all this in Korea, they know they can't be JYJ'd out of the industry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I think that's, uh, and I think that, uh, and that also plays into the fears that they had with Jessica, uh, with her, with her, cause she's, she's has a fan base and popularity and a, and uh and a brand power in China as well. So I think if anybody leaves it would be from XOM. Uh but I think even now as just a ten person group, 
th- th- there's no reason for them to do XOK and XOM anymore. It's just XO now. And they will, they will go back and forth between both, both markets as they're wanting to do, wanted to do with the separate groups. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think that, that is, that, that's all we can say about next year. I think overall the main thing that we would both predict is that hopefully true change into how the industry works and assumes it's supposed to work. Um, yeah. it's tough because, uh, things like overworking are just such a part of Korean society and Japanese society too. And, and, and this is Korean and Japanese society. Uh, overworking is such a part of the society in general anyways. Like, you know, you see like the, these, um, it's something that you finally get reflected in these shows like Missang and, uh, Plus Nine Boys, the like, you can't leave your office until you see your boss leave your office. And usually that's about 9, 10 p.m. Like, and like, and, uh, and it's something you've been like, it, it, it is something that's such an inherent, like, you have to work harder, work harder, work harder. You always, everything you hear from, like, the, the, the idol groups when they say their, like, greetings or their promises, they're always, it's always the, like, like clockwork. It's always, we're gonna keep working harder, keep working harder. Like, that's the thing that they're supposed to do. And anything else is, is, uh, sacrament. So I think I would love for, Less, we'll love for better treatment of our, uh, the idols and a better change for the industry as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we, that's the thing we've been talking about for the latter half of this year is the pray for change and hope for change and just like the way these things are working because we love these groups and we want to be able to support them and we want to see them be able to keep doing the things that they're doing, but things have to change overall. Yeah. Uh, with the way that they're treated and, and the way that the worth ethic is and, and them, you know, like, we're, we're not saying, you know, that, you know, you gotta start like fucking paying them billions and trillions of dollars, you know, but you gotta you pay them to, what they're worth. Or you have and, to change your entire society into a, an American society. No, we don't, we don't want that. We just still want. We just want to maybe a little flexibility and a little bit of understanding of you know, mm-hmm. the people that the human beings that you're treating like product. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's our, our hope and our wish for 2015. True change in the industry. And I think that's, that's it. We, 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 we're finally done, Kaz. We're finally yes. done. <laughs> we're at the finish line. Why did I decide to do this? Can, can, what, what did, uh, I'm dumb. Because we thought it would be fun. This is the type of stuff that we love. We love yeah. talking about the stuff. We love overanalyzing and thinking about these things. And it was a really good year, just musically and, and creatively. All kinds of things. Creatively. Yeah. Uh. Um, and it was just a really interesting year too, like you know, between the drama and like all kinds of things. It was just a really interesting year in K-pop, and we just, as fans of it, you know, we just want to see it grow. We want to see it stay safe, um, and we want to be able to support it and love it. And we're just, you know, we're glad to be fans of it. Like yeah. it's the reason we do this show is because we're fans of it. We're happy to be fans of it. And we want to wear it on our sleeves. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Uh, that's basically we'll, we'll leave with that. Uh, that's it. Another fantastic year. Although I'm glad to see it gone for some reasons. I I enjoyed what we uh, the the good things we got from last year, but we look forward to 2015. Uh. We'll be back next Wednesday with a regular old normal episode, uh, possibly talking about some more fun stuff. Uh, who knows? We, we, we got some things on the docket. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. We're going to back to a regular thing. Uh, hopefully you're watching the chat room awards tonight. Check out the chat room awards tonight live. Kaz is going to be on there. Uh, he's going to be drinking and you know what that means. Nothing but good. The fun. <laughs> Kaz and Roberto Villegas hosting the live chat room awards. Uh, who knows who'll win? Possibly just uh, Tom Merritt a lot of times, but that's okay. We like Tom Merritt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's it for us. Kaz, what do you got? What, what do you got going on in your world? Um, really much just a lot of prep for the chat room awards. I <laughs> uh, try to make sure everything is right, trying to keep up with all the emails and, and things that need to be done and like actually knowing what the bits from the show are. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, just kind of that stuff. Um, all right. So be sure to go ahead and, uh, let us know what, how, what 2014 was like for you? What was your favorite thing? What were your favorite groups? Who did we miss? Because I'm sure we missed a bunch of groups and a bunch of artists that, uh, and a bunch of releases. So who did we miss? Who should we should should we have checked out? What were your favorite dramas, TV shows, variety shows? What made 2014 for you? And what do you think is going to be the 2015 in East Asian pop culture? Uh, let us know what you think. How can you can you predict the future? Uh, let us know. Uh, but that's it. Uh, you, you know the name of the show, Howly Juku, on Twitter, howlyjuku.com, kpoppodcast.com, he's King Kaz, I'm Petey Rave. Uh, subscribe, like, share, uh, until next time. Hasta los huevos. Annyeong. Fighting. Mm hmm. <laughs>